Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are in the first week of Advent, and we are looking at the epistle reading which comes to us from 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. This is the beginning of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And Paul tells the church what he gives thanks to God for in them. And in doing so, he reflects on what God has done in Christ in the past, who they are now because of it, and what that means for their future. He's thankful for God's grace in Christ, which is in them, verse 4. In other words, their membership in the family is a gift of God. Now, this is interesting because the Corinthians had a lot of challenges going on in their community too. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer reflects on giving thanks even for what he calls paltry and problematic spiritual communities. He says this, what may appear weak and trifling to us may be great and glorious to God. The more thankfully we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. So that's what Paul does here. He gives thanks. Paul then reminds the church that they have been enriched in every way. Verse 5, they are a community of learners. They're able to teach one another. God has given them all the spiritual gifts that they need. Now we'll see later in the letter that spiritual gifts are not in short supply among the church in Corinth. This has actually become a problem. (laughs) However, the antidote is recognizing God as the source of their gifts. So the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is not arrogance about the gifts. It is to give glory to God. In C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that old story, when Aslan, the Redeemer figure in the story, is, quote, on the move, we see that winter breaks in Narnia. And Father Christmas, or we'd know him as Santa Claus in America, appears. He is in the story, the giver of gifts. It's almost kind of random in the middle of the story that he's telling this kind of a little bit of an allegory, metaphor going on, or at least imagery of redemption. And then all of a sudden Santa Claus shows up. But the children receive gifts from Father Christmas that they will use in battle. These gifts in the story rumor spiritual gifts that we received. At the beginning of this letter, Paul simply reminds the church of what God has done and their identity in Christ. Later in the letter, Paul calls the Corinthians on the carpet for their bad behavior. The Corinthian church is doing some stuff that's just not right. It's wrong. They're sleeping around a lot, including with family members. They're mixing in their worship of God with the worship of other gods. They're separating rich and poor so that the rich get to take communion before everyone else. This is really harmful behavior. It would be tempting for Paul to just say that the Corinthian church is canceled. They're just too messed up. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he reminds them of who they are. He recognizes that their behavior does not line up with their identity. And he shows them this truth. In fact, perhaps the best way for us to correct people in the context of Christian community or for any correction to happen is to remind them of who they are, of their baptismal identity. Before Paul addresses their behavior, he affirms their identity. They're sanctified, verse 2. 
And Paul gives thanks to them uh, for them and for the journey that they're on. For in every way you've been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at that again. Not lacking in any spiritual gift. Paul is saying they have everything they need. They don't need a newfangled gift or ecstatic experience. They have it all. Even when life is boring or difficult, they do not need to pursue anything more than what they already possess. Part of the Corinthians' problem may have been that they pursued the, quote, spiritual things, but they forgot that these were gifts of God rather than achievements. Paul says they don't lack any spiritual gift as they wait. In other words, no matter how gifted they might be in the present moment, they've not yet received the final revelation of Christ. They still anticipate that future reality, and it's nothing they can earn or they can make happen or they can drum up or they can find on their own. It's simply something that God gives us. In the meantime, the church must depend on Christ's own work, not their own work, so that they may be blameless at the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. We need to hear this same thing today and every day. Your identity as part of God's family is not dependent on your behavior, your success, or your failure. It is only dependent on Him. The Corinthians were not bearing the fruit that they needed to bear, but God is faithful. This is what we all want our children to know about their place in our families. We want Our kids to know they're always part of the family, (laughs) that we as parents will never reject you because of what you've done. Now, it's true that children can grow up and choose to leave the family. Additionally, boundaries and limits are appropriate in any family, but their identity is secure. At this point in her life, my daughter, Lucy, age 10, is convinced she will never move out of the house. She will never go to college and that I will always read to her until she falls asleep. (laughs) But there will be a time where we will need to lovingly encourage her to explore her independence, and she will want to. Right now, when she just says she wants to live with us forever, we simply say, you're welcome with us. We will always be your parents. Now, Paul is about to point out to the Corinthians how unchristian their behavior is. He will do this later in the letter. So judgment is clearly present in the letter. But that's not, their behavior is not who they are. When sin manifests in the life of the Christian, we should rightly call it out because it's something foreign to our true identity. We are the people who have been set free and God will always be faithful to us. No matter how messed messed up our lives become, God is faithful because it is ultimately about him and about orienting our lives toward the reality of his lordship. The good news through it all is that God is faithful. He began the good work, calling them into fellowship. Fellowship means partnership or membership. This refers both to the spiritual relationship to Jesus Christ and the community of people who are called together by Jesus Christ. In fact, those two always go together. I love how Richard Hayes says, the community's calling is not just to perform a mission or to obey certain norms. Rather, the community is finally called into a relationship of intimate mutuality with one another in Christ. 
This is one of the most distinctive aspects of the early Christian movement. To participate in the church was to find oneself summoned to close and even sacrificial relationships with others, including those of other social classes, those with whom one um, might ordinarily have nothing at all in common. So God has made them who they are now in him. And then the good news and the good news of Advent is he will see it through in the end. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.